Startup Nation. This is Dr. Carol. I'm just here, wanted to give you guys some helpful tips and things to remember as we move and navigate through this unprecedented uh, health pandemic. The first thing you guys want to remember is please wash your hands thoroughly and frequently. Wash your hands for at least 20 seconds under warm water with soap. If you do not have access to a sink with warm water and soap, please use hand sanitizer um, that contains at least 60% alcohol. The next thing you want to do is please avoid large crowds and social gatherings. As young people, our immune systems are typically healthier and so we can be asymptomatic, which basically means that we can carry uh, the virus if we come in contact with it and our immune system will recover. But we also pose the risk of spreading it to those who are immunocompromised or who have chronic health conditions and our older people. So please avoid large large crowds if you can. The next thing I would say is use respiratory hygiene. If you have to sneeze, if you have to cough, please cover your mouth in your sleeve, not with your hands. Please avoid touching your hands and face after you've done this as well. And please, again, wash your hands. And lastly, if you feel sick, if you have any of these symptoms, which is high fever, uh, initially a dry cough or fatigue, please seek medical help early. If you've been exposed to someone who might have had had the virus or been in contact, please stay at home to avoid spreading the virus to anyone else. Again, this is something serious, so we don't want to take it lightly. But those are just some helpful tips and reminders uh, for you guys as we navigate through this pandemic. I hope you guys have a great day and uh, stay safe. Startup Nation, do you have friends and loved ones that you want to do something nice for, but maybe they live in the next city, the next state, or even halfway around the world? Well, I have a solution for you. Koya is the new and best way to let your friends and family know you're thinking of them. Choose a friend, record a message, and hide it in a location that they are likely to visit and give them a clue. When they arrive, your message will instantly appear. You can even send them a gift. Best of all, the app is completely free. Get Koya.com to download it now. That's K-E-T-K-O-Y-A.com. Or check the link in the show notes. Koya. Show you care when you can't be there. The Startup Life is powered by Ladder. Startup Nation, as an entrepreneur, you are the engine that powers your business. We have had many entrepreneurs on the show, from those that play Division II basketball, quite a few Ironman participants, and even an NFL quarterback. And the one thing they all have in common is that they know getting early morning workout wins leads to business success for the day. However, it's super important what fuel you use for your workout to get that early morning success. And that's where Ladder comes in. Ladder is a sports nutrition company founded by LeBron James and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Unlike other supplements, every batch is tested by a third party that is trusted by all major professional sports organizations, including the NBA, NFL, MLB, and more to verify the highest standards for quality, but more importantly, safety. Ladder's goal is to help you unlock your best in any situation. Right now, that means access to special offers and expert advice from their community. Personally, I like superfood greens. Not only does it include the most essential nutrients that are hard to get in your diet, like magnesium, zinc, B vitamins, and vitamin D, they also included the Rodelio root, which helps keep you healthier when stress is high, but also it helps support immunity according to many studies. Use code BETTEREVERYDAY for 30% off everything site-wide at ladder.sport. That's BETTEREVERYDAY for 30% off at ladder.sport. So maybe you're not trying to be a four-time league MVP or a seven-time Mr. Olympia, but you still need the tools to elevate your health that elevates your business. So go with Ladder and prepare to get better every day. It's time to be about that life, the startup life. Here's your host, Dominic Lawson. All right, Startup Nation, so I hope you're ready to receive some value today. My name is Dominic Lawson, and this is The Startup Life, the show for entrepreneurs and career-minded professionals. And Startup Nation, you know, with everything going on uh, in our world right now, you know, we could use a a little bit of tutorial on leadership, in particular, entrepreneurial leadership. We always talk about the entrepreneurial mindset, but I think today it's time to kind of upgrade our mindset to entrepreneurial leadership. And today's guest is definitely going to help us out. 
with that. He is an award-winning Stanford business professor and chairman of JetBlue Airways. He is also the managing partner and chairman of Peterson Partners, where he has partnered with over 200 entrepreneurs to help scale and grow their businesses. He's often regarded as the Mr. Rogers of Silicon Valley. We're going to talk about that a little bit. He is the <laughs> one and only, my really good friend and very uh, appreciative for him to come on the show today, Joel Peterson. How's it going, Joel? Great, Dominic. Thanks for having me on. No worries. Are you ready to pour some knowledge in the Startup Nation today? Because I definitely think you can help us out with that. Well, I'm eager to talk with you about whatever you want to talk about. Awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. Thank you so much for that. So first things first, you know, uh, Joel, if you would just, you know, with everything going on around us and we're doing our social distancing thing, even right now, I'm not even recording from the studio anymore. I'm recording from my home studio. Uh, just kind of share with us, you know, what you've been experiencing as far as the new normal and everything that's been going on around us. Well, I'm not sure this is uh, normal at all, but Fair in enough. the airline industry, in the airline industry, uh, it, we're basically shut down. Right. I mean, right. 70% of all planes are grounded. Very few uh, people are traveling except for, you know, medical people maybe and a, and a few others. Uh, but I've also got investments in, you know, uh, some 40 or 50 uh, enterprises in various stages of development. Absolutely. And of course, some of them are challenged. Uh, they don't have, they may not have the liquidity they need. They may not be at a stage where it's convenient to take a pause. Uh, right. So it's, it's a challenging moment for uh, folks. And I think this idea of being an entrepreneurial leader is actually more relevant today than maybe ever. Even people who didn't think they were entrepreneurial are really having to be entrepreneurial at this stage. Absolutely. Absolutely. And forgive me, Joel Peace, I need to do a quick reset because Startup Nation, Joel is also the author of Entrepreneurial Leadership. I don't know if you caught that earlier. He's the author of Entrepreneurial Leadership, The Art of Launching New Ventures, Inspiring Others, and Running Stuff. Thank you, Joel, for allowing me to kind of plug the book there. Definitely wanted to get that in there for sure. So you were talking about planes being grounded and stuff like that. And, you know, as the chairman of JetBlue, I know you have to be mindful of passengers, be mindful of team members and stuff like that. Kind of talk about those precautions uh, that JetBlue has taken and, uh, you know, during this time to kind of keep passengers safe and team members safe as well. Well, there's a lot of extra cleaning and disinfecting that's going on. And then uh, people are sitting further apart. Sure. And uh, we're just taking every precaution to make sure that, uh, you know, uh, we've always said that our number one value is safety. Well, now there's a new dimension added to safety. Sure. Uh, so, yeah. For sure. For sure. Thank you for sharing that. And, you know, if if I may, you know, because JetBlue made uh, some news just a few weeks ago about a passenger who was actually uh, tested positive for COVID-19. Uh, and that passenger received a lifetime ban uh, from JetBlue. And I wanted to ask you this. I mean, you know, can you walk me through the thought process of leading to that conclusion? You know, why not like a temporary ban? Why a lifetime ban? So I wasn't involved in that decision, sure. but I'm guessing that this is somebody who knew they had the virus right? and right. Uh, actually endangered others. Mm -hmm. And since safety is our number one value, anybody who uh, creates any condition that is unsafe we'll find that we'll react uh, fairly severely to that. I appreciate that because, you know, and, and like you said, safety is so important. And I think our entrepreneurs just need to be reminded of that. But I also think it, it sends a strong message uh, as well, a positive message, but a strong one that like, look, you know, we're going to do everything I we can to keep people safe. And I think that move was uh, definitely one in the, in that direction. So I appreciate you sharing that. You bet. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So let's talk about the book, Entrepreneurial Leadership, a little bit. So, you know, I was reading the book and I, I heard, I read the story about your very first uh, entrepreneurial experience, your very first business as a kid that involved a, a radio flyer wagon and everything. Kind of share with me a little bit about that, if you would. Yeah. So uh, I, I started, uh, I grew up in the Midwest, sure. a little town in Michigan, mm -hmm. and my father had grown up on a farm and uh, he was actually a, a professor, a geneticist, but he wanted me to learn the values of the farm, sure. the law of the harvest. And so he uh, he gave me a little plot of land and bought seeds and lent me his hoe and water. And uh, I grew vegetables and I hired my younger brother <laughs> and uh, he delivered vegetables around our neighborhood in a red radio flyer wagon. Mm -hmm. A number of years later, we found a letter that I'd sent to my grandmother 
where I said, Grandma, I made $14 this summer and I paid Ted a nickel. So that was the beginning of my entrepreneurial career. Gotcha. Gotcha. What are some of those lessons that you learned as a kid that you use even today, Joel? Well, I think the, the, the idea of delivering value to customers, you know, this idea of delivering fresh vegetables uh, at a price that was attractive by a cute little fellow in a, uh, bringing them around in a red radio flyer wagon, that was really delighting customers. And I think that's one of the main principles of business and of negotiation. You really want to help people get where they want to go. And I think if you can remember that, it's important. But you always have to create a product that is worth more to the customer than it costs you to produce it. You have to turn a profit so you can reinvest in the business and next year's seeds or crop or whatever. And, uh, you know, there's uh, there are all kinds of stories about inventory, inventory levels, not letting things spoil. You know, a lot of things that you have to learn that are very practical day-to-day kinds of lessons that that sort of business teaches you. And I've found that there are more lessons in doing that kind of thing as an entrepreneur than you may learn at Harvard Business School or Stanford Business School. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that for sure. You know, also in the book, you talk often uh, about Trammell Crow, who is one of the uh, the real estate uh, developers, and you actually worked for Trammell as well. And you talked about how when he... Uh, gave a speech when you were at Harvard Business. He gave a speech and somebody asked him about, you know, what was, you know, has led to his success in real estate and business and things of that nature. And and it wasn't the cliche, like you said in the book, it wasn't the cliche, uh, you know, work hard or follow your passion. He said it was love. Right. And, you know, and we talk about, you know, for sure. And he talks about in the book about how, you know, he was always taking care of his team members and making sure and, and having this notion that like, there's enough to go around. You don't have to be in this cutthroat Gordon Gecko style of business leadership a little bit. And I want to ask you this, Joel, because you know, a, a lot of times people look at entrepreneurs and they associate that with capitalism and they just say like, Oh man, they're just terrible people. But this kind of falls, you know, uh, contrary uh, to that a little bit. Do people have like the wrong misconception about capitalism or making money or business? Kind of talk about that a little bit, if you would, in your opinion. So I really think they do. Most of, so I work a lot with entrepreneurs and sure. most of them succeed based on their ability to delight customers, right. to bring people things that they need or want. If you think of Steve Jobs, he was kind of, he was kind of a bad boy. He misbehaved. He was selfish. He did all kinds of things that you could criticize him for. But in the end, think of the value he created. You know, uh, he didn't take money from, he brought us the iPhone. He brought us the home computer. He brought us things that really our lives depend on today. He was phenomenally creative. And I I find that most of the entrepreneurs I work with really create a lot of value and they create a lot of jobs. Many of them are very oriented around their teams too. They realize that they don't succeed alone. They succeed with a team. And so I, I find that they're really quite exceptional and there's nothing like capitalism really to provide the most choices to people, Absolutely. the best alternatives, the fastest delivery. So the world of the entrepreneur of the startup and for your startup nation, you know, it's really kind of where it's at. And I think it'll even be more so when we get back to normal. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that for Sure. Once again, we're talking to Joel B. Peterson, uh, chairman of JetBlue Airways and also the author of Entrepreneurial Leadership, which is out today, uh, Startup Nation. You can pick that up uh, at your local bookstore where you get your favorite uh, books for sure. So uh, I want to talk about this because this comes up in the book as well. You talk about, uh, you know, David Nealman, who started JetBlue uh, back in its, you know, in its original founding. But there came a point where uh you know, David could could not, you know, it was probably not in the best interest of JetBlue for him to move on to the next chapter uh, of the airline. A few weeks back, we talked to Mark Randolph, the co-founder of Netflix, and he kind of shared the same thing. So I guess I want to ask you this, you know, as entrepreneurial founders, and entrepreneurial you know, leadership, sometimes we have to sacrifice ourselves for the greater good of the company. And maybe it's time to bring somebody uh, else along for that ride or to lead the ship, if you will. Kind of talk about that decision, what that conversation sounds like when it's time to kind of relieve somebody of those of that duty, especially when they're the one who founded the company, because that can't be easy. Well, I think every founder really should anticipate that the company will grow beyond them, their ability, their vision. And that's good news. Absolutely. So every founder should start a business 
preparing to turn it over to somebody else at some point in time. There's a phenomenon called the founder's trap where people um, actually stay on too long and they can ruin the company that they created. So uh, there comes a certain point in time when there may be better leadership. Now, that's not always true. But uh, so I've replaced a lot of CEOs over time. And I, when I do, I always talk to the new CEO about the role. And I typically mention that one of our first discussions needs to be around his or her successor. And okay. it kind of surprises them. Uh, but I think it's the job of the board and I think it's the job of the CEO to be thinking about succession. Because what you want to build is a durable enterprise. You want to build an enterprise that allows people to achieve their objectives, achieve their dreams, that uh, is provides something meaningful to the marketplace. And that may you may not always be the right person to to help lead that. So I think you want to prepare for that all the way along. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. If I could just ask a, a quick follow up, Joel, because. Uh, you said something that I thought was interesting because you talked about how, you know, the new CEO kind of looks at what the previous one did and stuff like that. A lot of times I find in you know, the changing of the guard, changing of leadership, where you have some CEOs who adopt some of those uh, things that worked that the previous CEO did. And then you have some who just scrap the entire thing and just want to start anew. You know, I, I guess what I'm asking is, how do you know what items to scrap, what items to keep? You know, because s- some things work, some things don't work. You know, I guess how do you make come to those decisions if, in that regard? Yeah, that's a great question, and I think uh, most businesses over time develop what I call hobbies. Okay, they're doing things that really aren't adding that much to the value of the enterprise. May not be that profitable. May not have that much of a future. So I think every business, it's incumbent on every business to um, look at the business holistically and say, what should we stop doing? What should we start doing? And I think that can happen with an existing. CEO. It can happen. I think the next CEO should come in and look at it that way. It's usually only in a severe turnaround where you really do um, aggressive surgery on everything. Everything comes under the knife and you really do what you can afford. Um, It's not so much what you like or what you may think you may want to do future. It really becomes a question of survival. And in those cases, a lot of times you ha- you do bring in a new CEO from outside and he or she must scrap a good chunk of what's been done before. I hear that. I hear that. Thank you for sharing that. It's, that's, that's one of those questions I always just find fascinating when it comes to not just CEOs, but like the principal of a school or the, the, the leader of a board, mind you, because I'm, I'm always just curious about that philosophy and that, sci- uh, that psychology as well. So thank you for sharing all of that. For sure. Now, in the book, you you shared, speaking of psychology, uh, you you shared with us the psychology of shooting wadded up paper uh, in a trash can and how that can kind of tell you uh, something about that person. And and as Startup Nation knows, I am a huge fan of basketball. I used to do that as a kid where I'll shoot some wadded up paper and just yell, Jordan, uh, into the basket. Right. Uh, And so I'm curious about that psychology. Kind of share with us a little bit about that and what we can learn from that, Joel. So there was a study done uh, many, many years ago, and they had uh, people just uh, shoot wadded up balls of paper into a trash can. Mm -hmm. And they didn't give them any more rules than that. And the people that were the worst at being leaders, at directing things, either went up right to the trash can and dumped it in so they never missed. They could be sure they got it in. Or they were the people that went way up in the corner and just chucked it. And with very little chance of it going in, every once in a while they'd make it. The ones that were that really became effective leaders would stand back eight or ten feet. So it was challenging, but not impossible. And it turns out that those people were the ones who who tended to make the best, all things considered, best risk decisions. Uh, that it was, they were challenging, but not impossible. Gotcha, gotcha. Thank you for sharing that. That definitely illuminates a lot as we dive forth in our path to entrepreneurship startup nation. So I took, I hope you took uh, some great notes uh, in that answer. So Joel, I want to ask you this because in your book, you talk about, you know, the five distinct uh, entrepreneurial leadership styles and startup nation. They are uh, the presider, the manager, the administrator, the pure entrepreneur, and the politician. 
so I wanted to ask you this, Joel. Is it a situation where one person is that archetype all the time or does one, uh, you know, is the let's say the politician at first and then becomes the administrator over time? Or are there some who were they just kind of interchange based on the situation at hand? Kind of share with us a little bit about that, if you would. So, you know, this term, the five tool player that they have for baseball players. Absolutely. They, yes. They're the ones that hit for power, hit for average, can run, field and throw. Absolutely. That's the Trout five tool for sure. <laughs> What's that? I was saying Mike Trout comes to mind for sure. Yeah, exactly. Or Willie Mays or Absolutely. Hank Aaron. Yeah. Or, you know, there, there's a lot of my boyhood hero, Al Kaline, just mm-hmm. died on Monday. Mm-hmm. And he was a five-tool player right. for the Detroit Tigers. Probably the least well-known of all the five-tool players ever, but he was a fantastic guy. In any event, um, a lot of leaders are merely politicians or merely administrators. They deal with policy or they are merely presiders. They sit in the corner office, they cut ribbons, they preside, they maintain the status quo. The entre- and, and others are, are purely entrepreneurs. They light fires. They can't keep them burning, but do they ever light fires? Mm-hmm. So the entrepreneurial leader is one who is able to combine all of those elements in a, as a five-tool player. And really deliver all of them. Now, he or she doesn't need to be able to do all of them, him or herself. They just need to be, they need to make sure that they're all done. So in some cases, that means bringing people onto the team who fill in the gaps for where they're not strong. But the entrepreneurial leader makes sure that all of those bases are covered. And they really create durable change. So the way I define the entrepreneurial leader is one who can create durable change. I hear that. A change, an enterprise that can be managed by others. All right, Startup Nation, so we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. we got to pay some bills. Once again, my name is Dominic Lawson, and you're listening to The Startup Life. The Startup Life is powered by Ladder. Startup Nation, as an entrepreneur, you are the engine that powers your business. We have had many entrepreneurs on the show, from those that played Division II basketball, quite a few Ironman participants, and even an NFL quarterback. And the one thing they all have in common is that they know getting early morning workout wins leads to business success for the day. However, it's super important what fuel you use for your workout to get that early morning success. And that's where Ladder comes in. Ladder is a sports nutrition company founded by LeBron James and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Unlike other supplements, every batch is tested by a third party that is trusted by all major professional sports organizations, including the NBA, NFL, MLB, and more to verify the highest standards for quality, but more importantly, safety. Ladder's goal is to help you unlock your best in any situation. Right now, that means access to special offers and expert advice from their community. Personally, I like superfood greens. Not only does it include the most essential nutrients that are hard to get in your diet, like magnesium, zinc, B vitamins, vitamin D, they also included the Rodelio root, which helps keep you healthier when stress is high, but also it helps support immunity according to many studies. Use code BETTEREVERYDAY for 30% off everything site-wide at ladder.sport. That's BETTEREVERYDAY for 30% off at ladder.sport. So maybe you're not trying to be a four-time league MVP or a seven-time Mr. Olympia, but you still need the tools to elevate your health that elevates your business. So go with Ladder and prepare to get better every day. Tresta powers this episode of The Startup Life. Okay, Startup Nation, I want to talk to you about our sponsor, Tresta. Tresta is an app for iPhone and Android that lets you do business calling and texting from anywhere. I know so many entrepreneurs that are still using their their personal phone number for business calls. It can get complicated drawing the line between your personal and professional life. Startup Nation, this is the best business phone app out there. Whether you just need a business phone number or if your team is ready for a complete business phone system, Tresta is totally flexible and can grow with your business. And it's all unlimited. Calling, texting, and all of the powerful call management features like auto attendance, call recording, user groups, and more for just $15 per user per month. With Tresta, there's no contract and you don't need any special hardware, just your smartphone you're already using. Tresta is easy to configure so you can set everything up yourself, all online. 
avoiding all the hassle and high overhead costs of setting up a traditional business phone system, which is important because as entrepreneurs, we are always trying to cut cost and time. They're often a 30-day free trial so you can see if Tresta's virtual phone system is right for you. Communicate smarter and more efficiently with Tresta. Start now at Tresta.com forward slash Startup Life. That's T-R-E-S-T-A dot com forward slash Startup Life. The link is there in the show notes if you're listening on the podcast. Tresta, business communication simplified. Startup Nation, we tell you all the time that no one does anything great on their own. That includes starting a business or a nonprofit or even becoming a thought leader or an influencer. My point is that you need a team to do it successfully and responsibly. And that is why you should contact DR and Associates. Danielle and her team provide branding solutions along with digital and social media marketing that provide tangible results you are looking for. No matter if you are a Fortune 500 company or an author looking to make an impact, DR and Associates needs to be part of your team. They are one of the few firms whose leadership has been recognized by Google, which is proof of concept that they are very good at what they do. Contact DR and Associates today to grow your online presence. The number is 615-933-3681, or you can visit their website at drandassociates.com. Also, make sure you follow their Facebook page as well. DR and Associates, providing real clients with real results. All right, Startup Nation, welcome back as we continue our conversation with today's guest here on The Startup Life. Joel, you may not know this or not, but this episode of The Startup Life is actually the debut episode on the Military Broadcast Radio Network. And so, you know, shout out to H-Train and all those uh, cats out there in Denver, Colorado. And so with that being said, I know a few years back, back in 2010, uh, General Stanley McChrystal joined the board at JetBlue Airways. And so I wanted to add, and he wrote the forward for your book as well. I wanted to ask you this, you know, because we have a lot of military members who, you know, veterans and things of that nature who want to dive into the business world, the life of entrepreneurship. What are some of those things that you saw in, in, in General McChrystal that, you know, bode well for him in the life of business, in the life of entrepreneurship, in your opinion? Well, it's interesting. Uh, uh, this is a slight aside, but a lot of people, when they first read the book, they say, wait a minute, you list Stan McChrystal and Alan Mulally as entrepreneurial leaders. Alan Mulally, of course, ran Boeing Absolutely. and then Ford Motor Company. And how can that be an entrepreneurial leader? That's a kind of a corporate executive. How can Stanley McChrystal, a four-star general, be an entrepreneurial leader? But if you think about uh, the special forces you know, the Force Recon Marine, Army Rangers, Navy SEALs. Absolutely. You know, these are these were proud special forces group that were um, they didn't. They, it's not that they didn't get along. It's just they competed with each other. Right. They didn't share everything. And and General McChrystal made it so that they were a, a unit. They shared a vision. And he really created teams and he did all the things that I described in the book. You know, I, I say there's basically a formula you must follow if you want to become an entrepreneurial leader. The first thing is you have to establish trust. You have to be trustworthy yourself and you have to create a culture that is a high trust culture. The second thing you have to do is you have to be clear about the mission. So absolute clarity about which peak you're climbing and making sure everybody is belayed and that you get them all to the top of the peak. The third thing is you have to pick the right team. You have to get the right people on the field and the wrong people off the field. And so there's that whole process. And then the fourth thing is that you have to execute. And executing to perfection, delivering on results, is typically an issue of about I listed 10 things that I find that every entrepreneurial leader ends up having to do. And so if you do those four things, those are really the things that um, are sort of the peers. They're the foundation for building a great entrepreneurial uh, leadership career. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing all of that for sure. And last question about the book before we transition, uh, Joel, I just want to ask, you know, what's the number one thing? You want Startup Nation and entrepreneurs and startup founders to get from your book, Entrepreneurial Leadership. Well, um, so I always hate these number one thing. It's a little sorry. bit like the question. Sorry. You know, I know it's, it. uh, it's a bit lazy. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's not that. It's just people ask you, you know, is air or food or water the number one thing? Well, you're going to die without any of it. Fair enough. <laughs> so. 
to me, the most important thing is to realize that anyone can become an entrepreneurial leader. There's a discipline around it, just like there is for anything else. And practice makes perfect. And I think if you're intentional around, and if you think about these four things, how do I build trust? How do I create a compelling mission? How do I assemble the team that is going to win? And then how do we execute to perfection? That's the basic thing. And then I think it's learning the checklist. You know, an airman, um, no matter how many times they've flown an airplane, every single time they get behind the yoke, they will go through a checklist and they'll go and they'll check off everything, even though they've done it a thousand times. Right. And I think it's the same kind of thing in running a business effectively as an entrepreneurial leader. There are checklists. There are ways that you can increase your odds. You're making decisions under conditions of uncertainty. Those aren't going to be more certain, but you can have a mindset and a way of going about that, that your odds go up, that you'll make good decisions. You can learn how to deal with adversity. You can learn how to manage a board. All these things are learnable. So I guess that's the optimistic message is that anybody who wants to become an entrepreneurial leader, one who delivers a durable change, can do so with discipline and intentionality. I hear that. I hear that. Quick follow up, because, you know, like we mentioned, you are chairman of JetBlue, uh, the chairman of the board at JetBlue. And uh, actually here in Memphis, I'm actually uh, board president of a tap dance company here in Memphis, where we're the, the first and only tap dance company uh, nonprofit here uh, in Memphis. Uh, and so I am one of the newest members on the board. And I, I got elected president the other day and everybody's a little older than me. And I'm a little weary about, like, you know, setting directives and and, you know, giving advice and stuff like that. Could you give me a little bit of, no, I'm, I'm sorry, Startup Mason. I'm going to get some, some little mentoring here if you don't mind me. Uh, what advice would you give me as a newly minted board president, uh, Joel, if you don't mind? So I think uh, that, the, so I, I actually, I'll tell you a little story here. To sure, illustrate absolutely. This. I had a uh, an interview with Adam Grant, who used to write the column for the New York Times called The Corner Office. And he spent 90 minutes with me, and we talked about everything under the sun. I had no idea what the article would be that he wrote. And in the end, he entitled it, Listening with No Agenda. Mm. And I think that's the advice I would give. Uh, I think a lot of times you know you're when you're talking to somebody, you can tell that they're just waiting to say what they want to say. They're not really listening to you. Fair enough. They're just waiting until you pause so they can say whatever it is they want to say. I think the most powerful thing you can do as a new leader, particularly one that's younger, is to listen, to ask the second and third question, to get uh, and to really establish these high trust relationships with the people that are there. They will then get behind you, pull. Uh, together with you, help you achieve what it is you want to. But if you don't listen, if you don't start out with listening, you're going to have an uphill climb. I hear that. I hear that. Thank you for sharing all of that. I really appreciate it. And once again, Startup Nation, the book is Entrepreneurial Leadership, The Art of Launching New Ventures, Inspiring Others, and Running Stuff. There are some fantastic uh, chapters in here, Startup Nation. And the reason I love this book, and I really want you to put it in your entrepreneurial toolkit, is because this is not a one-time book read. This is a book that you can read it now and then read it 10 years later and it's still going to apply because different things are going to happen in your business on your path to entrepreneurship. And Joel has made done a fantastic job of laying out how to steps as far as like how to communicate, how to raise capital, how to com- how to sell things, how to negotiate. So I definitely want you to put that in your entrepreneurial toolkit. Thank you so much for this book, Joel. I really appreciate it. I just want to get that in there really quick before we move forward. Well, thanks for those kind words, Dominic. It's funny. I've taught uh, now for 28 years at Stanford, and I've been an entrepreneur or a coach or a board member for 45, 46 years, I guess. Mm -hmm. And um, this is really, in some ways, the culmination of the mistakes I've made and the things I've learned, in many cases, the hard way. And so these, this is, there's a lot of pattern recognition, Absolutely, you know, where I've seen the movie enough times to be confident to, to say to entrepreneurs, hey, uh, I've really seen where you are right now. Think about looking through this lens when you address this problem. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing all of that. And so I was going to ask this a little bit later, but since you mentioned it, you know, let's kind of talk about it now, because you said you've you've been the uh, professor uh, at Stanford Business Graduate School for about 28 years now. I guess I wanted to know what's one of the things you just love about teaching? The young people. There's nothing like young people. I hear that. Bright young minds, hunger to learn, 
they're idealistic, they're inexperienced, they're willing to listen, to change, to argue, to, I mean, they're fantastic. I, I, I really do love my students. And I think if I look back on a, on a long career and a long life, I will always say that one of the most important things I ever did was in the classroom with young people. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you actually say that at the end of this book, uh, for sure. What, what's something that, you know, in your 28 years there at Stanford that, uh, a student actually taught you, Joel? Oh, they, so every day they teach me how to be clearer, how to communicate better, uh, how to care more, uh, how to listen better. Um, we do a lot of role plays in the classes that I teach. And in every one of those, it's a, it's a real challenge because it's in real time. Mm -hmm. You don't have a script. They don't have a script. And so you have to learn to listen, to be sensitive, uh, to be aware of things. I've made a bunch of mistakes where I've just not been as sensitive as I might have uh, to students. And, and I really realize there are areas of sensibilities and sensitivities that I'm just dense about unaware of gotcha. and so they've really helped me understand that i hear that thank you for sharing that so you know i, I want to ask this uh joel because you know you know you being a teacher yourself and uh we're in this era of social distancing and obviously schools are closed and things of that nature and a lot of parents at home are homeschooling uh students and things of that nature but even still there are teachers who are still uh doing zoom meetings they're still providing uh, you know, lessons for students around the country and around the world, mind you. I want to ask you this because this is always a hot topic uh, when it comes to teaching. Are teachers, should teachers deserve a raise? Should they be paid more than they are now, in your opinion? Well, I think it's hard to, to uh, pay teachers enough. Fair enough. Um, I, I really do think that they, they can change lives. They can really do a lot of things. Now, that's not to say that uh, some kind of collecting, collective bargaining, you know, union-driven uh, response for everybody is the right thing. I just wish there were a better way to uh, reward excellent teachers. I, I would love to see them get rid of tenure so that people really, you know, it's really a performance-based thing. Gotcha. Um, I think teachers who care and who do a great job, there's almost, you can't almost pay them enough. But there's payment in lots of ways other than money. That's true. Too, you know, I mean, right. to me, uh, I've, I've actually given all of my uh, salary for the last 28 years. I've given it back to Stanford in one form or another. Oh, wow. So it, so it's not the payment. It's that, you know, I to me, I'm paid amply by having a chance to be a part of the lives of the young people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. That's powerful. I, I really appreciate that transparency uh, there, Joel, for sure. So uh, I want to ask you this because you talked about in the book a little bit, going back to the book a little bit um, uh, about, you know, the many failures and, and mistakes that you've made and stuff like that. Uh, you know, what's one mistake that you just really like, man, I, I really missed the boat on that one. What's that one mistake that you kind of harp on sometimes? Well, the one that's the hardest to get over is I, I ended up trusting people beyond the moment in time that I should have. Understood. I should have been smart enough to realize that they were not behaving as fiduciaries. They were not really acting in the best interest of others and kind of hoping against hope that they would or that they would learn. My experience in that kind of betrayal is you're better off getting out of business immediately with somebody if you have that kind of concern. Moving on, forgiving them, not revisiting it, but just moving on with life. There's plenty of things to do in life to not put up with somebody that you don't think has, is uh, high integrity. Understood. Understood. Thank you for sharing all of that for sure. So, you know, Startup Nation, Joel is actually also uh, the, the founding managing partner and chairman of Peterson Partners, where he's helped uh, entrepreneurs and and startup founders kind of scale and grow their businesses as well. I wanted to ask you this because back in August you had your investors conference and you had Condoleezza Rice there, who is a, a, a big hero of mine here in Memphis. Uh, I wanted to ask you this for those of us who didn't attend that conference for entrepreneurs and startup founders, what we have, what would we, what would we have learned? Sorry. Uh, from Condoleezza, uh, if we were there and that could help us in our business on our path to entrepreneurship, in your opinion. 
I think the first thing is you would have come away blown away by this woman, mm. how incredible she is, how much she knows, how uh, uh, articulate she is. I'd never hear her pause or lose her way. Every paragraph has a topic sentence. Every paragraph has a conclusion. Everything ties to everything else. She is incredibly prepared. She is a prodigy. And to me, uh, one of the ways that you inspire trust in others is by being prepared. Uh, because fundamentally, you're delivering on a promise. You have a brand. Each, each of your listeners has a brand. And that becomes their promise to the world. And people can either really rely on that brand and say, boy, that uh, Dominic always delivers the following. Mm. And that's a powerful brand. Or you can be unprepared and not deliver on the brand, and that will destroy trust. And so I would say that Condi has an amazing brand, and she delivers. You know, she just delivers. Absolutely. Absolutely. Really quickly, because I, I remember a few years back, when, right before Roger Goodell was actually hired or brought on as uh, to lead the NFL uh, as his commissioner. You know, some said that Condi, Condoleezza Rice was on that short list as well. Do you, you know how do you think she would have you know led the NFL uh, through these past years if she was actually picked as the NFL commissioner? So it's funny. <laughs> that's a, a funny question because. Uh, we had a question from the audience that somebody said, what would it take to get you to run for president? Ah, okay. And, uh, and you know, people were really kind of pushing. On. After you hear speak for a while, you say, wow, would I love to have her as our president? Right. In any event, uh, I, I, we, I wove the same question in. I said, Condi, I've heard that uh, you might be up for being NFL commissioner. And he's, she laughed and she said, you know. Uh, the, the reason that rumor started is I was once asked if I would run for president and I said, I'd rather be NFL commissioner. Ah. <laughs> That's how that all got started. Fair now, enough. to answer your question, if she were asked to do it, anything she put her mind to, she would be spectacular. She, we just, I was just on the search committee for the Hoover Institution, which is a think tank on the campus at Stanford. And, uh, we asked Condi Rice to be the next director and she's agreed. And, uh, She'll be phenomenal and she'll make a difference at Hoover and in our nation in that role. So I'm really looking forward to that. You've actually hit on one of my one of my heroes. One of the biggest things that a, a lot of you know magazines and magazine articles like Entrepreneur and Inc. and stuff like that talk about is that like the, one of the keys to success is finding the right partner. Uh, and so I wanted to ask you about your wife, Diana. Uh, you know, how important has she been on your path to entrepreneurship and your career success? She's been a partner. She's really been vital. Uh, and I think it's for one of the reasons that I would mention is that we're quite different. She can do things that I can't do. And I think I can do things that she can't do. So we fill in for each other. We're comp we're, we have the same values which I think is critical. It's very tough to have a great partnership if you disagree on val values are merely your priorities. And if you have very different priorities, that's tough. But it's really nice if your skills are complementary. So she's very detail-oriented. Uh, I'm a disaster from an administrative standpoint. I'm big picture. I fly at 30,000 feet. Uh, she flies at strafing level. Gotcha. And so we're we're able to kind of share projects and she does her thing and I do my thing and the result is better than it would be either of us on our own. I hear that. I hear that. Thank you for sharing all of that for sure. Joe, if you could go back in time and talk to one person and ask them one question, who would that person be and what would you ask them? Oh man. <laughs> that's that's what I want to think about for a while. I mean, okay. you're talking about any Anybody in history? Anybody in history. Who's the first person comes to mind? Well, the first person that comes to mind for me as a Christian is Jesus Christ. Okay. Fair uh, so I, I would really want to, I mean, there could be no more interesting interview right. for a Christian. Right. Uh, but, uh, so, but I think any of the founding fathers would be interesting. Absolutely. I, I don't know if you watched uh, this uh, production of Hamilton. But I, I watched it on Broadway and then I bought the book and I read it twice. And I thought Alexander Hamilton is really in many ways the father of our way of of life, Absolutely. of our of our Constitution. I would love to interview Alexander Hamilton. I hear that. I hear that. I have not been able to check out Hamilton, but all my friends keep telling me you got to check it out. So Joel you Peterson, need to. Yeah, uh, Joel Peterson said I got to check it out. So now I got to check it there out for go. sure. I appreciate that for sure. 
what's your uh, entrepreneurial superpower, Joel, and why? You know, uh, I'm not sure I have any superpowers, uh, really. Okay. Uh, I do have, I do uh, tend to do two things fairly well. I tend to pick uh, great people. I've been in business with wonderful people who really do fill in for me and make me better than I otherwise am. I do believe that business is a team sport and you want to surround yourself with people who are better than you are. So I think I have a, I think I have a, a pretty good sense of what makes somebody really good and reliable. Um, and then I think the second thing is that people tend to trust me. You know, I deliver on promises and I work hard at it. And I do it a conversation at a time. I do it a, a delivery at a time. I do it an event at a time. I think about them and I try to make sure that I don't disappoint. And I think those two things are probably, that those certainly aren't superpowers, but they're certainly things that have guided my life. I hear that. I hear that. Thank you for sharing all of that for sure. And before I ask the last question, I just want to say, Joel, thank you so much for coming on the Startup Life. We definitely appreciate your book. We appreciate the value that you gave us today. And once again, Startup Nation, book is Entrepreneurial Leadership, The Art of Launching New Ventures, Inspiring Others, and Running Stuff. And you, can, if you listen to the replay on the podcast, we have a link there in the show notes for you to go and purchase that book. And Joel, just as a way of saying thank you, uh, our sponsor for this segment is Philip Stein, who specializes in wearables and wellness and stuff like that. And we would like to send you one of our newest sleep bracelets uh, there. You know, we'll get with your team and stuff like that. But, you know, we would like to offer that to you as a way of saying thank you so much for coming on the show. Well, how kind. Thank you very much. Absolutely. So with that being said, you know, look, I'm going to actually going to turn the microphone over to you because there's an entrepreneur out there or a startup founder who, especially in this day and age, Joel, with social distancing and everything, they're feeling a little stuck. They're feeling a little afraid uh, to kind of move forward in their business. Give us some last words of encouragement or motivation to take us out today, if you would, sir. Well, I think you're in a, uh, in a challenging environment. There's a certain level of adversity that many people haven't faced before, but I think uh, adversity provides the opportunity to shine. It provides unique opportunities. I think there are dazzling things that happen when people are under pressure and have to perform. And I think if you look for that, if you look to ease others' burdens, to help other people through this, you'll find that uh, you'll succeed in ways you never imagined. So I, I would say stay on offense, keep working, keep plugging away, don't get discouraged. Uh, my hero in life has been Winston Churchill. I have a picture of him on my wall, and I always think about his speech to the Harrow School uh, where he basically, I think it was around the time he said, never in the history of human affairs has so much been owed by so many to so few. Mm. He was speaking about the Royal Air Force right. uh, after the Battle of Britain. And he said, never, 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 never give up except to things um, that I forget, but it was things gotcha. of character and ethics or whatever. So this idea of perseverance and the idea that adversity, you know, Churchill also said that uh, all of the bad things that happened to him in his life turned out to be, have been the best things ever for him. And so I think while this is a challenging moment, particularly for entrepreneurs, I think it's also a great moment. It's a time when uh, they can really uh, distinguish themselves. They can make a difference in the world and they'll survive and thrive. I hear that. I hear that. Thank you so much for all of that, Start, uh, Joel. I really appreciate that. And Startup Nation, that's going to wrap up this session of the Startup Life. Joel, thank you so much for your time, your energy, your content, and the value that you provide. We really appreciate you today. Thank you so much, Dominic. If you want to let us know what you think about our show, have an idea for a show topic, or would like to advertise on our show, send us a message on the Startup Life Podcast Facebook page. And while you are there, like and follow our page as well. It's a great way for us to engage with you, Startup Nation, and really grow our community. The link is there in the show notes. Subscribe to the show as it can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, or even on your Facebook timeline or any other platform you like to get your podcast. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts and you find our content valuable, please give us a five-star rating as it will help us climb the charts and help more people find our show. You can also listen to the show on the Startup Life Podcast new website. There you will find the all-new startup blog where I write on many topics that are interesting and helpful to you on your path to entrepreneurship. And hey, if you have an idea, 
be about that life, the startup life. Oralex powers this episode of the Startup Life. Startup Nation, as a podcaster, radio host, and business owner, I know a thing or two about the need for your message to come through clearly to your target audience. The last thing you want when trying to close a big deal over the phone or giving a sales presentation in your conference room is to have the person you are talking to be distracted by either the fact that you sound like you're in a warehouse or an outside noise like a fire truck. Trust me, Startup Nation. I know this all too well from experience. And that is why Oralex has your back. Oralex Acoustics creates professionally tested products that you can trust in a commercial space or at home. Better office acoustics improves intelligibility when video conferencing or generic conversation reduces stress and helps build a proactive work atmosphere. From a home studio for my content creators to your office space downtown, your gear performs better in an acoustically treated room. Trust me, you are in good hands with Oralex as they are the number one brand in acoustics, providing trusted solutions for over 40 years. Also, you can download the Oralex Acoustic Treatment mobile app in the Apple or Google Play Store to give you specifically designed and instantaneous recommendations for various room types. Go to Oralex.com and use the promo code STARTUP in all caps for 10% off your entire order. The link is there in the show notes if you are listening to the replay on the podcast. So if you are ready to stop sounding like you're having a sales meeting in a sports arena, go with Oralex. Professional audio made simple. This episode is brought to you by Lena Creamer. Many of us love to power our morning with a good cup of coffee. However, sometimes we feel guilty because we will have to pay for that cup. Or let's be honest, Startup Nation, that second cup on the treadmill later, especially when we add creamer. And that's where leaner creamer comes in. The gluten-free, sugar-free, lactose-free, but also guilt-free option for your coffee. It uses a combination of coconut oil and natural supplements to jumpstart your entrepreneurial journey for the day. Not a coffee drinker? No problem. Use it as a sugar substitute in your tea, oatmeal, or whatever else you like to sweeten. Go to leanacreamer.com and use the promo code STARTUP15 at checkout. If you are listening to the podcast, the link is there in the show notes. Lena Creamer, begin a healthy new chapter. 